there in podcast land, and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I'm joined by Cowboy. I may not be a letter in your mailbox, but you sure can lick my stamp. Oh. And, and by Maestro. Hello. I am seldomly seen, but often heard. <laughs> Uh, this I think week, you need to reverse that. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to dive into it, but I'm just going to move on. Uh, this week, we continue our quarantine block of episodes to help us all through these tough times. As you know, movies are not being released as normal, so my usual method for picking movies has also been quarantined. So we're going through the list of movies that we actually like and want to see, and maybe you haven't seen or heard of before. And let's just get to it. I'm done with this intro. Uh this, we're, this week we're doing uh, one from Maestro. Maestro was talking about this movie, so we decided, hey, instead of giving Maestro a choice of like, hey, I'll pick a weird movie that you guys will all be all weird about. And, no, uh, just you. Just you. Yeah, okay. You mentioned this movie in passing, so I decided this is going to be your pick, Maestro. <laughs> <laughs> this is 2002's. Take the power for me, huh? Yes. The Counts of Monte Cristo. I don't know why I said like a vampire. Uh, this know. is directed by Kevin Reynolds. It stars Jim Caviezel, which you may know as Jesus Christ uh, from Jesus? Passions of the Christ. Uh, Guy Pierce, which I, uh, for me, it's Memento. That's who he is. Uh, we have Richard Harris. I don't know who he is. Uh, James Frain and Dagmara Dominguez. Don't forget Henry Cavill. And Henry Cavill. That's true. Henry Cavill. That that one caught me way off guard, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. All right, so here's the synopsis, and then we'll get into our thoughts on the movie. A young man, falsely imprisoned by his jealous quote unquote friend, escapes and uses a hidden treasure to exact his revenge. Have you seen this movie before, Maestro? Of course, yes. right? How many times do you think you've seen this movie? Um, I would say probably fifteen times. Oh my! How about you, cowboy? I remember seeing parts of it very long ago, um, but I watched it twice in the last three days. Oh, all right. Is that because you fell asleep or because you enjoyed the movie? Uh, both. A little both, okay. Yeah, well, the, the, the first time I watched it, I watched it in two parts. I watched part of it out in the living room, and then I got busy doing some other stuff. And then so later on in the day, I went into the bedroom, and I watched it in the bedroom so that I didn't uh, disturb my wife because she's working from home. And so as I was watching it in the bedroom, I might have nodded off for about five, ten minutes. Okay. And so – but I love the movie, and so I today I was home alone. <laughs> so anyway, I was home alone. So I was like, you know what? I want to watch this movie again, and I intently watched the movie all over. All right, I I have a vague memory of seeing this back in the day, but I don't remember. And so watching it again was it was basically like the first time for me. I, I had some sweeping kind of notions of what may may be going on here, but. Uh, I, yeah, it was basically a, a first time for me. I did watch it with Annie, and she was very excited once I told her we're going to watch this movie because she is an avid fan of the book, uh, which I have not read. Shocking news, I'm sure. There's a book. Apparently, <laughs> this is based off a book. Uh, I think it was. Uh, is it Tom Sawyer? Is he, is he is it real? Uh, this is based uh-huh. on reality. No, I don't know. Uh, oh, we'll get to that. There's oh, Mark Twain. That's what it is. Mark Twain. Which made Tom Sawyer, right? I'm not crazy. Who cares? You're crazy. All right. 
So, uh, thoughts on the movie? Who wants to start? Well, I guess I'll go since uh, I guess I chose the film. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> sure, go for it. Okay, so basically I found out this is a great revenge film where you do see a person for the first time. I think not first time, but like considering how old the story is, you get to see a person go from what is revenge to what is justice in one sense. And also you see the differences of people in both aspects of high society and blue collar or lower, or how do I say it from both from multiple spectrums going from different acting from both spectrums. Okay. And I find that very entertaining to watch the actors do so. Okay. I did like how Guy Pierce. Uh, to me, anyway, he he transformed a lot throughout the movie. Where at the very beginning he was kind of a cool dude, uh, little hints that uh, he's maybe not the best friend, and then as time progresses, he just like becomes this just monster. Uh, that was that was a nice. Trans- I think I think that was explained early on. Yeah. Honestly, it, it, when when he was sitting on the rocks with uh, the fiance. Yeah. And he was like, she was like, I don't want to be your whistle. Yeah. You know, I think that, I mean, I, I didn't have a very good feeling about him to begin with. I didn't know the premise of the movie. Cause like I said, I saw snippets of it before, but uh, early on in the movie, it was, it became very apparent to me what this movie was going to be about. See, this is. I had a weird reaction to that scene where I was more pissed at the girl than the guy. I was more pissed at the fiance than the friend for that. The way they were interacting with each other, uh, she should have shut that down much harder than she did. I think it almost it almost seemed honestly that she's been dealing with this. Come on, for quite some time, mm-hmm. he's done it many many times before, and. Um, in a in a nonchalant kind of innocent way she's kind of just like oh stop you know like it's a, it's an innocent thing you know um and, and but i think it's something that she's been dealing with for a long time over and over again but it's her lover's best friend so it's almost like she's reluctantly dealing with them i don't know i i would hope that my my girlfriend uh, would say something about one of my friends, my closest friend, even making passes at her, uh, and I, I get the whole the, the brotherhood type of thing. That I would be like, no, I don't think that probably didn't happen. Uh, but after enough, I might start looking for signs, and maybe I, I would then see something in my friend. But that, I feel like that should come up. Thank at some God point. she hasn't said anything to you yet. <laughs> oh, Maestro, I'm so happy you haven't said anything to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just it, it came across very weird to me, and and I, it put a very sour taste in my mouth towards this girl for for the rest of the movie. Uh, where to the point where I was I wasn't rooting for her. I was I was hoping like no no no. Eventually, when they do kind of reconnect i was hoping like tell her to fuck off dude tell her to get the hell out of here and be done with it there's no there's no don't forgive her you can't go back to her he he kind of did in his own way he kind of did because he told her no edmund dantes is dead yeah you know he's dead this this guy edmund that you're talking about i don't even know who he is like 
what did you do to him? Oh man, you're, how long did you wait before you married his friend? Yep. You know, it was straight out of princess bride. Uh, when, uh, <laughs> at Nico Montoya, not Nico Montoya. Ah, damn it. Wesley. When Wesley, uh, as, uh, the dread pirate Roberts sees the wife or his ex, uh, how long did, uh, did you wait? How long did you wait before you went to be, wed the king? Uh, th- that reminds me of that a lot. Uh, but in that movie, at least, it seemed like she was a good person. Where in this movie, I did not see a good person in this in this betrothed that he had. Uh, so it's just it, it really it really turned me off pretty soon. So I got to see as you guys go on if you catch on certain things. Then okay. So I will tell you, uh, I'm sorry. I will tell you that one of the things I uh, realized early on is the uh, first hand of the ship is the uh, um, castle taker, uh, caretaker of Hogwarts in no. Harry Potter. Is that right? Okay. You sure? I, 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 I look sure. it up, look it up, but I'm pretty sure he played. Uh, I can't remember the name in Harry Potter. Phil, uh, I Felch. like the movie. Felch. Yes. I'm pretty sure he did play that part with the cat and everything like that. Oh. Look it up. I recognized him. Adam, do you so, want to look up or you want me to look it up? Um, yeah, go ahead. Because I'm, I'm not okay. sure. I, I, I've only seen the Harry Potters through once. So it's, it's not something that's really burned into me. <laughs> so I don't know what I'll be looking for. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure that was him. Okay. And if not, well, you guys screwed up. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Apologies in advance for my, my, my mess up there. David Bradley. So, okay. So we, we find out there's a little bit of exposition here where we find out that when they were growing up, uh, you, you mentioned the whistle and then the, the horse was the other gift for the, uh, for the rich kid. The rich kid yes. got the horse, uh, the poor kid, which is Dante's got a whistle and the rich kid wanted the whistle mm-hmm. basically. Well, Dante's was much more happier getting a whistle right. than the rich guy was getting a horse. Yeah. So we, we, we start finding out that this guy, uh, this, this, this stupid douchebag friend, he, he's pissed off and he wants kind of revenge against his best friend because he doesn't like the fact that he envies him. I, I grew up wealthy. I grew up with everything I ever wanted. Why am I envying you a poor kid? And that, it, it causes a thing inside of him that makes him start acting out and basically kills his friend. For all I, purposes, I, I, I love the whole premise of that in this movie. You know, I mean, it's it's the story of money doesn't make you happy. Yes. You know, money is the root of all evil. And you see that in this movie because later on he starts gambling and, you know, he figures, ah, I got all this money, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to gamble. And, and he starts losing everything bit by bit. Yep. And then Edmund Dantes comes in and just – he does his learning about these people yeah, those, and that, just starts stripping it away a little more at a time. There was a good friend of mine, uh, George. Oh, no. Nope. It might have been Paul. Uh, he, he told me one time, uh, money can't buy me love. That's a very uh, good quote that he would say to me often. I think his name was Ringo. Oh, it was it Ringo? Okay. One of those. Anyway. Yeah. Something like, one, it's – yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so back to what you were saying, Cowboy. The character's name, I believe, is Christopher Anderson. His name was, he's, I think, is the guy that supposedly played the Count of Monte Cristo, and the other guy's name is Bradley. So they're different people. 
They look the same. They're doppelgangers. <laughs> oh well, can't win them all. That and if like, you look at if you look at his face, it's like, oh my gosh, he could have played the part. Yeah, but they're twenty years apart, I think, or something like that. I I, I get that, <laughs> but I'm looking through spoilers <laughs> goggles, trying to see people I recognize. Fair enough. In other stuff, I do that in TV shows too. Mm. Uh-huh. Now, fifty percent of the time, I'm wrong, but sixty mm. percent of the time, I'm a hundred percent right. Okay, we're right every time. <laughs> yeah. Very good, sir. Very good. Uh, speaking of that, same kind of coincidence or weird uh, mistake. Hello, uh, when, hello. When we first saw, oh, um, that's my fault. Speaking of the same uh, kind of coincidence, they or, or not coincidence, <laughs> but uh, mi- mistake, mistake that uh, the cowboy just made. When when when, he- when Henry Cavill first is on the screen, I thought for sure that's the guy from White Collar, uh, but it was not. Uh, they have very similar faces and, and look, was Bromer, what's his name? Bromer. Uh, Bomer. Yeah, I thought, oh, hey, that's the guy from White Collar. And I looked it up. Oh no, it's not. It's Superman. Holy Christ! See, I I don't I don't do that anymore. Look things up. Oh, no. Before the actual podcast, I have no problem making mistakes and being wrong. Mm. I've been told I was wrong many times in my life, and I, I'm I'm immune to it. Um, I don't think you but, are. I think you're wrong about that. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, so let me look that up. The reason why I don't look it up is because one time, no, look it up. Year, years ago, I looked it up, and I accidentally, when I looked it up, accidentally saw the. Rotten Tomatoes score. Okay. And it like literally I Googled it, you know, and boom, there was the Rotten Tomatoes score for the movie. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. I, I ended up losing on purpose that night to Maestro. Oh. Uh, <laughs> just because I felt guilty if I would have won. Okay. That, that's very honorable of you. Very, very nice. That, I've been cheating for yeah. years. <laughs> I don't believe you, you put, tiny toilet. I don't believe you put any prep work into this Maestro, so there's no way you could be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- I, that didn't screw me one time where I, I went to look up because I, I, I like to look up things that I have a thought about like hey I think that's that guy from that one thing I'll look it up I was right alright just so I can like pat myself on the back like alright Adam you did it well done but there was one time I was trying to find out who is that girl and I looked it up and in the IMDB she was apparently playing two characters and it said she plays this slash this in this movie I'm like oh no that gave away then <laughs> she's a double agent oh no <laughs> Uh, uh, it, it's a dangerous game, but yeah, you got you to take a chance sometimes. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of the, uh, so that guy that you thought was from Harry Potter, uh, the first hand, he's very shady, uh, to say the least. And I, I, I was, I found it hard to believe that the the best friend would reveal to this obviously drunk first captain that's angry. A secret about hey, uh, my friend's got a letter from Napoleon. Uh, let me tell you something. Because he, because uh, supposedly his friend, he yeah. thought Dantes was his friend, but he realized, oh, maybe he's not my friend. He's holding secrets from me. But I, I combat that with this guy envied Dantes his whole life, the whole time they've been friends, and he kept that away from him. In such a way where he, you know, oh, he became captain of the ship. And he's like, well, you truly have a blessed life. You know, I mean, he would say snide things like that. But I, I think that's something that's built up in him over the years. And he never revealed that to 
his quote unquote best friend, Dantes. Okay. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. If this has been brewing for a long time, then he wouldn't have any problem betraying him. I well, just, not only that, but he was drunk. Yeah. Okay. And he was very, very envious and very jealous. And I think that envy culminated over the years of their friendship that this guy was supposed to get in trouble for disobeying the first mate on the ship. And instead of him getting in trouble, he became captain of the ship. And now he's not going to have to wait two years to marry Minerva, whatever her name was. Mercedes. Mercedes. I knew it had something to do with an M. Uh, Mercedes. uh, I just didn't know a car. Um, So he's not going to have to wait two years anymore. Now, all of a sudden, this guy... He's yeah. got everything going for him. All the luxuries, the wor- the 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 worth, the money, the I mean, he's a, a man of high esteem, you know, he belongs to a wealthy family. Is not getting anything he wants, and this kid, your friend, who doesn't have anything, no family name or anything, is getting everything that you want. That, uh, over time, we don't know how long they've been friends, but apparently they've been friends since they were kids. Yeah. Since since Dantes got a whistle and he got yeah. a freaking horse. And Dantes was never envious of his friend. He just wanted to be best friends with him. Yeah. You know? So that played on him to the point where it's like, you know what? You lied to me, and I didn't think you would ever lie to me, and, and now you're getting the girl, and you got the captain of the ship and and i'm drunk and you know what and now i'm running into this guy it's like you know what fuck you okay see when i saw it because i i take notes as i watch the movie and i wrote this note down i was pissed at this guy because i i I thought it was just kind of like uh a momentary uh we're fighting right now but as the movie progresses we find out or even very soon after this this has been eating at him for his entire life so i guess that that does make more sense uh, so anyway, they, they set him up, and he gets sent away to this island prison, Alcatraz-style thing. Chateau d'If. Chateau d'If. When, <laughs> when I first saw it, when it came up on the screen, I saw it, Chateau d'If? That's weird. <laughs> it's all the same thing. <laughs> like, d'If. Come on, guys. Be more creative than that. Uh, it's just Isle de Morta. Yeah, but it's the same reason why I thought uh, in Three Musketeers... Uh, when I grew up reading it, I thought his name was uh, D. Artigan, uh, not D'Artagnan, because it's spelled the same way in a book. It's D apostrophe Artigan is the way I read it when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, so sometimes this is why I don't read, you see, because I make mistakes like this. I don't like it. Well, if you don't try, you never know. <laughs> I've tried too often. I got burned again by this. Diff. <laughs> he tries every time he does a podcast trying to read. That's true. Oh, Wait till we get to the reviews. You'll find out how bad it is. You know how that goes, right, Maestro? <laughs> <laughs> so he gets sent away to this prison. This is a weird thing also. Uh, before we find out – or actually, when, when his wife, Mercedes, finds out that he's dead, he goes to that douchebag uh, senator or whatever his position was, that guy. Yeah. And the guy tells her, I'm sorry, your husband's a traitor. He's screwed. Uh, why don't you uh, seek comfort in uh, his friend here? It was, it was such a weird line. But like, yeah, your husband's a dick. Why don't you screw his best friend now? That, that, that's how it came across to me. And it was just so blatant. It's like, what? Why, who you know why who did says that, right? that? 
yeah, if, if, if he explained it, but it's still it was still a weird as as that woman. I would I would be very crazy of like, wait, what? How dare you? I'd imply mm-hmm. that I would even be with this man as his uh, see, best friend. Th- this is the one thing that is the, I think a Mercedes does quite well in this film is she's very constru- very um, reserved. Her actions have always been very reserved, even from the very beginning. All of her actions show that she's not some person that flings off based upon her emotions. So well, the first time you see her, that's not the case because she's asking the carriage driver, can you go faster? Nah. But even then, she wasn't that intense. She was like, can you go faster? So I, I get never mind. I I mistake again. Go. <laughs> I mistake again. That's <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good one. You know. Okay, so now they're they're in the prison. This, this was an, this is one of those scenes. Okay, I want to say that I did enjoy this movie overall. Uh, there were a lot of things that I I was picking at and found to be like, okay, what? Hold on. And a, a lot of it had to do with in this in this uh, prison sequence. This, everything that happens in the prison, basically. Wait, 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 Chateau d'If. Yeah, Chateau d'If, yes. De, yeah, d'If. Uh, he, well, first of all, we see the guy from Three Musketeers. Uh, Michael Wincott. Pro. Yes, that guy's great. Uh, like his voice. He's, he's, he's good at everything he does, which is to say he's really good at being bad. <laughs> <laughs> he got the voice for it, man. Yeah, he sure does. So anyway, he gets locked in a cell, and then in the middle of the day one time, a head pops up. In the middle of his cell, and it's an old man. Yeah, uh, it's the first uh, Dumbledore. Uh, okay, all right, that does make sense. I, he looked familiar. All right, good. That is a Harry Potter reference. That is correct, Maestro. Well done, cowboy. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> Damn <sorry>. you! <laughs> so, okay, th- th- so much of this I have issues with. First of all, the fact that he pops up through the floor. Head first is mm-hmm. uh, I don't understand uh, why how you should do it with your hands and then once there's a hole then you pop up your head that was weird. I, when I saw that scene I thought I was watching uh, Thriller Thriller oh, okay. really with Michael Jackson you know like the zombie <laughs> yeah yeah zombie coming out of the floor see my only theory behind that is um his hands might have been stuck because the hole was too small. That's my guess. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. it, but then also, the fact that he even popped up there and was like, oh, this isn't the land. Ah, oh, shucks. It, it's, it's a weird... He, he was taking a huge chance digging up wherever he was. What if he dug up in the middle of a guard station or in the, in the middle of a courtyard surrounded by guards as well? That, that, it, 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 was, it was weird. It, it wasn't planned out as well as it should have been planned out, apparently. He, he, he should have well, taken the right turn in Yeah. The, the, you, you find out later on there was two two paths he could have chosen. And I think he referenced or alluded to he chose the wrong one. And I believe he chose that one because he thought it would take less time. It took him five years to get to Dante's uh, cell. Okay. The other way was going to take them both eight years to get to the end. Right. Yeah, the only reason why he chose Dante's direction was because it was, ac- it was an accident. He yeah. thought he was going towards the... the, the yeah. Exactly, but he, he referenced that there's two ways that I've calculated to get out of here, and I chose the wrong one. Ah. Which he probably chose the, that path because it took him five years to get to Dante's, 
So he was probably calculating because, I mean, they allude to the fact that he's very smart. Mm -hmm. He's very educated. And so he did the calculations. It's going to take him five years to go this way, or it'll probably take him by himself 15 years to go the other way. Uh, I'm going to try the five-year route first. Right. The the, the issue I have with that also, though, is that later on when they do eventually get the tunnel going the right direction, he knows he's going the right direction because there's roots. He sees roots from plants. Like, oh, that means we're very close to land. We'll be there in a, in, a, in, a few, in a matter of months. We'll be out of here. Did he see roots underneath the cell that made him dig upwards? What, where's, where's the thought process at that point then? If he, if he knows I'm on, looking for roots, then wh- what made him go up there without roots? My guess is it wasn't because of the roots. It's because he had uh, mathematically chosen a certain amount of distance they thought calculated was the correct path. Either way, roots should be involved, though, because that that shows that you're not in a castle anymore. You're underneath actual grass, which means you're outside the castle. Not necessarily. What if he digs out um, in in an area where it's all rock? Right. There there would be no roots then. Exactly. That's why he dug up anyways. Uh, Yeah, he dug up and he ended up running into rocks and he started pushing the rocks with his head, head. which is extremely hard. His head, that is, not the rocks. The rocks, of course, are hard. But anyway, he pushes (laughs) up through the rock thinking he was going to see daylight. Right. But no. Instead, he sees moonlight. Oh. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. All right. So now we find out what the whole plan is. And he's trying to do like a Shawshank type of thing where I'm I'm digging a hole. I'm taking this dirt and I'm disposing of it in the waste bucket. That waste bucket isn't very big. So you could probably do – and maybe this is why it took 15 years because you're going to dispose of like a handful of dirt at a time. So how is – it doesn't seem like it's, it's a good strategy here. Well, if you think about it, um, it might – it seemed to be the only way for him at the time. But also if you look at it, now he can put all the excess dirt in the other direction too. Yeah, yeah now – but it's, it's it's just the the whole idea of disposing of a handful of dirt at a time. You're not going to dig ah, anywhere at at he, any speed. He cannot put the dirt in the other direction as well because that's what gains Dantes access to his cell. Good point. So if he starts uh, putting uh, the dirt there, Dantes won't be able to get to his cell to help him out dig. Yeah. But I do believe now that there's two, he says this can go faster. With two of us digging, not because both of them cannot get in the tunnel at the same time and dig at the same time, right. but they can dig more and divvy up the dirt into the the waste buckets and actually get rid of more dirt. That's the other question I had. As far as you can help me dig, but only one of us can dig at a time because one's ahead, one's behind. So. Yeah, but the. Also, when you're not tired or something like that, you can also take turns. Yeah, yeah exactly. But right. then if you get tired, you have to back all the way out of the tunnel to let the other guy pass because they're not digging it enough space so they can get by each other, I'm pretty sure. I have a question for you guys. All right. Okay, I'm not generally claustrophobic, mm-hmm. but I do not see myself being that confined in a tunnel digging. I, I think I would, I would freak out. Okay. Because, I mean, to think about, they're digging this tunnel. It's supposed to be, uh, how do they, they can't turn around. Yeah, you have to go backwards the entire time. <laughs> so if they're digging out, uh, they're digging down, right? They got to dig down first and then either go left or right, right? 
So they're digging down. They can't turn around to come back up head first. Yeah. How did they get out of there? Yeah, it's, it, they, it takes a long time. But the alternative is, I'm in jail till I die. I think at that point you kind of get over claustrophobia. <laughs> right oh, now, yeah, I, 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 do I, don't, I don't deny that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, it, it that sequence of being in the tunnel. I mean, they made they alluded to it being, and I'm using allude a lot in this movie because a lot of it you have to make up certain portions yourself, mm-hmm. but. That tunnel is really small, but then some scenes, the tunnel seems really big. Yeah, well, they got to set the camera down there. (laughs) 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 One more question about this whole tunnel digging sequence. At one point, they're using uh, candles to light their way. Yes. Where are they getting all that wax? Eight years Mm -hmm. worth of wax out of your ears? I can't imagine it's going to last that long. That's a good point. I was going to okay. say out of your ears, yeah. but <laughs> you think about it, maybe the priest couldn't dig as much because he didn't develop as much earwax, but now they got two people's <laughs> worth of earwax. <laughs> in any given day, I, I, if I were to take all the earwax out of my ears, I, I, I imagine I would be able to light a candle that lasts a couple of seconds. I, okay. I, <laughs> okay, I got an idea. All right. My theory behind it is this. You remember how you went to the the you went to the other guy, the priest's uh, room? Yep. And you saw the amenities he had, the chair, desk, books, stuff, and so forth? Yeah. Maybe those amenities were given to him as a comfort, even yeah. though everything else was all like pretty crappy. And maybe along with that, he was given candles every so often so he could he could read. Maybe it was given to him over time, like the longer, like he's getting things for good behavior. I don't see that being a thing at this prison. Yeah, I'm thinking, D- if yes, see, that's that's what I'm thinking because if he was given a desk and table and chairs, my guess is he was also given a bunch of candles, or maybe he was given uh, on a regular by the person that yeah, gives him the food. Because you remember how every time at the end when he died, this is like he always said thank you. Yeah. This is the first time he didn't. Maybe he got under the guy's skin, and maybe that's what got him to the, give him the candles. Because honestly, if it weren't for the candles, he would be pretty much toast anyways. Yeah. It's, that's another thing. That I don't, it just doesn't make sense to me. In, in this castle, in this prison, they're not about – this is not government-ran. This is kind of a – we don't want you to be on the books. We, in fact, everyone's going to think you're dead to be here so that we can do – we can treat you however yeah. we want to do. And we're, we're going to beat you within an inch of your life once a year because we enjoy it. And that's just how we are. We're yeah, they they beat them when they first get there. They hurt them once a year so they know it's been a year. But my question was, and it did not say this or, or give any inclination to this, how long was Edmond in Chateau d'If? Before the priest came up, ah, I think it was like four or five, if, if I recall correctly. If yeah. if you go by the sequence of events, he was only beaten on his anniversary once. That they showed, yeah, they didn't show him getting beat four times. You know, that's that's the part of the movie that I think they could have 
divulge some more information like and they could have done it pretty quick within a matter of minutes in the movie showing him getting beat over and over again on his anniversary yeah before the priest came up then you would have some sort of semblance of how long he's been there because later on in the movie he said i spent 13 years in chateau d'eve yeah well i I think there was a he he may have mentioned it somehow when the when the priest or the pastor guy first showed up there he was i think pointing at the walls about counting the days that's the way that i have the notion of four or five years because i feel like he mentioned something about that when he first met the priest it's you just you just sparked it yeah no because the priest said i've been digging this tunnel for five years and he mentioned how many days and how many markings he's put on the wall because he's counted them over and over and over again right you're right I yeah. mistake again, no. <laughs> I mistake. That's a great phrase. I love it. All right. Uh, let's, uh, okay. Two more things that I want to bring up about this whole prison thing that bothered the hell out of me. Uh, the sword fighting and learning as they're also trying to dig. Yeah. I understand that's necessary so that Dantes can eventually be smart and a good fighter and everything. But as far as we need to get out of here... Uh-huh. You're taking breaks to for education and sword fighting. That it, it seems not well, productive for the escape plan. Well, see, that's the thing. Um, the priests didn't want to teach him to fight, but Edmund said, "If you don't teach me to fight, consider digging alone on your own. Digging alone, digging alone on your own." Not only that, but you think about how much they can actually dig with the amount of dirt that they can put in their waste bucket. They can get that done as a pair pretty quickly. Holy shit. And then they've got all this time because they can only dig a certain amount per day to get away with it. That is that. And that's, that's what they calculated. That makes the most sense out of anything we've talked about as far as this whole prison scene. Yes. Amount of dirt, a lot of free time. Beautiful. Okay. And that was, that was the price that the priest had to pay in order to get Dante's help. Yeah. And and just like in Once Upon a Time, uh-huh. Dantes wanted to renegotiate and make a different deal. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know weaponry, right? Yeah. Well, then teach me how to sword fight. Teach me weaponry. And he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, it's either that or don't get my help. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so he was play. Deal. He was playing uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. That's yeah. right, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, <laughs> you got to put the thing in the air. <laughs> All right, uh, super risky. But with magic, there comes a price. Yes. <laughs> so the old guy dies because uh, yes. because of a cave in. Yes. Uh, fine, I'll buy that. Uh, but when he dies, Dante's now takes. Huge chance. First of all, he he was a matter of months away from escaping. We learn when they find the roots. So I could either wait a couple months to get out for sure, or I could take this chance right now, hop inside of a corpse bag, and just hope they don't light me on fire the moment they leave, I leave this cell. Well, you forget about the cave in. You know, yeah, the, the, the cave in is what makes him have to backtrack. No, 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 you're, you're on the same track as me, Maestro, but you got to realize now it's not three months away because he's got to dig out the cave-in. So it's even more months. And not only that, it's like 10 but do you, do you see the look in his eyes when he realizes he sees an opportunity? Yes. You got to think, you're a man 
who's been in Chateau d'If for 13 years, 13 years now, you're about four or five months away from digging to what quote unquote might be land or I see an opportunity where I can get out of here quicker. Like right now. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's the, the 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 whole premise, and this is the thing that I think Hollywood would agree with me on because he has this uh, whole bit about this. In order for that to work, so many things had to happen exactly a certain way, and they just happened to happen work out that way. Ah, in the movie, it happens to work out just that way. But you got to put yourself in the character's shoes. What risk are you willing to take to get what you want? Not to it's mention, a risk. It's a risk versus reward. Yeah, and not to mention he's no longer in shackles. They don't know. He, they think he's dead in the bag. If they figure out he's not, they drop the bag. He gets out. He fights his way out anyways. Okay. Uh, not to mention also with the the cave in. When you when a when a cave in happens, that means there's a structurally unsound area where he's digging, which also means either he digs around that area, which means who knows what could happen. Also. If he does keep on digging or clearing out whatever did fall down, what's to stop everything above that to fall down and above that to fall down and above that to fall down? Right. Okay. And what kind of movie would you have if it didn't work out that way? Understood. Okay. Uh, Forget that part. (laughs) The, the, The amount of movies that you and Hollywood have watched where this comes into play and you guys think, oh, that's a great movie. And you're bringing it up now? <laughs> okay. So f- forget about the cave-in. I understand. That, that, <laughs> that, that makes the thing – just we're, we're 35 minutes in already, and we, have, we, we haven't got past the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> this is a good movie. Uh, we're spending time with this because there's not – there's problems. There's plot holes. But uh, anyway, so he – the old man, the, he takes his place in the bag. Instead of putting him in the hole – to buy him more time, he puts him in his own cell. That's flawed planning. Not necessarily. He could have put him in the hole because the guard would never have found him and never – It would have happened either way. Him. It, would have, it would have happened either way because if he didn't put him in his own cell, Dantes didn't put him in his own cell, there would have been nobody in the cell. So the guy would have looked and seen that Dantes was not there. Yes, but that would be just like at a, all. What the fuck? Instead of oh, it's the old man. That means the old man is there. It, it, it doesn't. But point he didn't finger. know it was the old man until he went into Dante's cell right. and turned him over. Understood. But if Dante's just wasn't there at all, he would have opened up the cell, saw Dante's not there. The hole. It would have been quicker seen, and but, he, he, but it would have so, bought him more time to escape. Because if, if you, even if you left the hole open, the guard sees a hole. Now I'm alerted. There's a hole, and but that has nothing to do with this corpse body. It's just there's an alert in the prison. Not there's an alert in the prison, and we need to go in that direction because that's where he is. Okay, so I understand what you're saying. I have a counter to that, but I also have my rebuttal to that too. Okay, uh, you have so I have a counter to my counter. So <laughs> I want you. To, I want you. <laughs> so you're going to argue against me and then argue for me. Yes. Got it. <laughs> so first, okay, check this out, all right? The reason why I believe that uh, he wanted, Don, wanted the priest in his own cell was so he, was ne- so he would be found. Not for, out of the fact that it would be uh, like 
less time or anything, but out of respect, so he would actually get a barrel of some sort. That actually makes sense. Now, here's my rebuttal to my rebuttal. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> he could have had that same outcome if he just put his plate into the front door. Yes! I wanted to bring that up too, but I was trying to press on because we spent too much time on this already. But nah, yes, I agree no, with you. No, we're, st- we're sticking to it. All right. <laughs> All right, let's flash forward. Uh, that's the end of the movie. All right. No, Thanks for, oh. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. <laughs> no, we got we, we got to get to the guy, uh, the, the the really good knife fighter that played in uh, uh, Journey, Journey to, to Luis Guzman. Guzman. Yes. That guy's amazing. Whatever movie he's I in, it's him, fun. But I could not look at him as a serious role in this. Uh, yep. I had and the same problem. He was supposed to play a serious role, and I had a hard time with that. But he was still kind of funny, though. He still had his little yeah. like, quips. They're like, hey, that's, that's Guzman, all right. Well maybe, the, well, maybe the reason why is because this is an older film. Most of his comedic value came from later on films, no? It's possible. I, I, I haven't looked up his IMDb, but he, he's always been that kind of quirky, funny side character guy. Which, and he, he, does it, he does it well. He was the only character I had an issue with in this movie. Oh. Because you couldn't believe him? or I, I, The way he spoke... All right. It did not fit the character. It, 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 it just, he was just like even the captain of the ship that he was on. The smugglers, yes. The smugglers played the role. When I looked at Guzman, I didn't see that. I, I, I could not because even the way he spoke and the way he talked, he did not perceive to me to be a smuggler. Uh, like a pirate type of guy, you know, he seemed to be this jokester, you know, like, yeah, the stuff that he said, even when he tried to be serious, like with Dantes, like, look, uh, I, I'm here to protect everything and even protect you from yourself. I found that hard to stomach. It, if it, that makes sense. It was weird that he had so much honor. And he was such a good, loyal companion. But but he wasn't before. Exactly. He, he didn't become that way until his life was spared. Otherwise, why was he up up for execution in the first place? I mean, his life wasn't going to be spared before. Right. You know? And now Dante spares his life and gets him his life back. He's like, and then right afterwards, he's like, ah, my life belongs to you. And he's like, okay, A, this guy who was stealing loot from the smugglers on the ship that he bound himself to is not going to steal from Dantes. Oh, when he's I got, yeah. when he's got a ton of freaking gold, he could just steal some and take off on his own. Yeah. But later on in the movie, he's like, yes, your highness, blah, blah, blah. You know? And he's like his servant. Yeah. Basically. Why? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't fit. I heard that he's convincing he's convincing Dantes to take your money, take the woman and live your life. Why isn't he taking his own advice? Yeah, he should have just retired on Ziwatneho, like originally planned. You see what I mean? Shushing reference. But Maestro, you were saying got a be- or he could have got a better plane and, and found, you know, the submarine. <laughs> the yellow one? Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. We went straight to the Beatles. Got yep. it. Yep. Um can't buy me love. Ringo? Yep. <laughs> See, uh, that's the thing. I mean, I remember him saying, uh, well, he's not, 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 not uh, Guzman, but the, who's the main person, the, the main smuggler? captain? The, the smuggler? The smuggler captain? Yeah. yeah. He said that he, didn't, was, he wasn't stealing from other people. 
but he was withholding information about uh, said pirate, said said uh, riches from everyone. I heard that. I didn't hear oh. the fact that he was actually stealing from them. Way, I love the movie, <laughs> but here's another problem I have with it: the Do the it. captain of that ship agrees to take on Dantes and Guzman's character. Okay, gives Dantes a name. Dantes made the deal saying, look, you're you spare his life. They got their fun, you know, seeing a fight and all this other stuff. He's already reveled in the fact of being dead. Now you have two abled fighters on your ship. Yep. But then the next scene, they're in Marcellus and he's like, why don't you go? Here, here's a bag of money. Leave the ship. Ah, that captain, that captain owned Dantes. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is another thing I think that where they failed the story uh, as far as the, the, revealing it to us. When he was gone for 13 years, I don't think all of that was spent in the prison, or maybe that was spent in the prison, and then it was another maybe five to ten years sailing on the smuggler ship before he eventually got to. Uh, where he was came from, Mar- Mar- Marcellus. Uh, yeah, I disagree with you because she told he told Mercedes, "I spent thirteen years at Chateau d'If, right, and other places." Okay, so maybe he was at Chateau d'If for years. eight years, uh, and then he was smuggling for the rest of the time. But if he was at Chateau d'If for eight years, and it was going to take both of them eight years to dig that other hole, and they almost got to the end three months away. Then he was at Chateau D for a lot longer than eight years because if you're saying he was there for five years before the priest showed up, that's thirteen years. So, so maybe he he said thirteen years is how much I was at uh, Chateau D. Chateau D. And then the rest of the time was other places. So I was thirteen. Yeah, because because th- it does seem like he aged quite a bit over this time period. It was a lot sixteen of time years. Because it the- was sixteen years because his son. Turned sixteen. Okay, so ah. perfect. So thirteen years in the in the in the in the prison, three years as a smuggler, or maybe two three, years. As a, three years. Well, maybe a year as a smuggler, and then two years trying to become Count yes. Monte Cristo. Right. Exactly. So okay. Uh, da, da, da. I got you. There's not a mistake. Okay. Good. Well, but so, you said that. But you were concerned about the going to Marseille right after the meeting him. Who was? A uh, cowboy was about. No, I wasn't. I wasn't concerned about going to Marseille. I was concerned about you know the captain having Dantes and Guzman's character as part of his crew because yep. he made the deal with him, and now all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, why don't you go to Marseille? Here's some money. Leave." Here's. Maybe, uh, oh, go ahead, Mister. Maybe over the course period of that year or something like so that he became good friends. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree with that, but then he's going to let Dantes and Guzman's character just go. Maybe he found a better deal. Here's the thing: I, I would have had a, a big problem with this uh, maybe five years ago, uh, before I was introduced to the the Onion Knight. Uh, to in my mind, smugglers are horrible, bad, rough around the edges people, and then. We see Game of Thrones, where we see this, the Onion Knight smuggler guy. He's like, oh, that guy's great. He's, he's, become, he's my favorite character of the entire Game of Thrones series. And he was a smuggler. So smugglers can't be nice people. So he's, sm- <laughs> he's a smuggler, and I'm looking at him as a pirate? Right. Yes. That's, that's, that's the disconnect here. Part of the crew, part of the ship? 
Uh, it's just, <laughs> I think it's all about good times. Oh, is that a Pirates of the Caribbean? Nighy? Bill Nighy? Bill Drink up, me hotties. Yes. Yo ho. Yeah, part of the- Yo ho. Part- remember how he goes. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's his dad, right? Or yeah. uh, Bootstrap Bill. That's what it was. No, 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 no. Bootstrap Bill's That's dad. A- no, he didn't. Wasn't it? Bootstrap Bill didn't do that. No. That Bootstrap was, uh- Bill was uh, William Turner's son. Or yeah. dad. Dad. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I'm talking about um, Davy Jones, man. Oh. The squid guy, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I just, Okay. I remember how he does that weird, like, shaking of his head and he does, like, oh, or weird right. coughing yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that was Gary Oldman underneath that squid? That was Bill Nighy, dude. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I thought it was Paul Giamatti. I was about to... <laughs> I was trying to confuse one of you. It didn't work out at all. All right. Uh, we got the Henry Cavill thing. Uh, okay. So uh, he did the guy Richie transformation. Oh, all right. So now uh, the Count of Monte Cristo uh, or the Driftwood. So it was Zakara? Zatara. Zatara. He, they, he takes uh, Guzman off over to this ship or to this island. That he got a map from the, his teacher, the priest guy. Yeah. And they find a bunch of riches. And yep. now he starts becoming the, the Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. And he's amassed his fortune, this mansion, and now the revenge plot starts where I'm going to invite everybody that backstabbed me to my castle. And what is the plan? Is he going to kill them? Is he just going to be like, aha? No, he, he came down in a hot air balloon like uh, uh, Mr. Franco in um, Oz. Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. But what was the plan, though? Just like, you thought you killed me, now I'm rich. Or no, did, no, 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 no. He was establishing himself as the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, but the end game. What was the end game of this entire plan? The to take was- away everything that, that they had to make them feel like he did. He didn't want to kill them. His, his idea was not to kill them. It was to take away everything that they had their whole life that they took for granted that they, they thought was just there and make because they took everything away from him. Okay. And then he found out from uh, Sir Mar- Morel or whatever, uh, Monsieur Morel, the, the company owner of the shipping company he worked for in the beginning. Yep. Yep. He found out from him that Mondego. he lost everything. He lost that uh, Dantes found out that Mondego took everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all this stuff and married his fiance. And his dad was dead and all this other stuff. So that's when you get the epiphany that he had that stroke in his head where I know what I'm going to do now. They took everything away from me. This guy who claimed to be my best friend took my fiance and this is all a setup. And now in the way he can act revenge or get vengeance on them is to make them feel how he felt. Not okay. kill them because, I mean, if you if you fast forward to the end of the movie, uh, his best friend says, "What happened to Mercy?" Yeah, he's like, "I'm a count, not a saint." Yes, which is a callback to the priest. Yes, <laughs> and, and I loved that line because he did not want to kill his best friend. Yeah, he wanted to make him feel how he felt for sixteen years. Yeah. Yes. But I think he, I think reluct- he, he reluctantly killed his best friend because his best friend was going to kill him. But I also think he realized that his friend has been suffering his entire life. 
And so the suffering that he was going to impose on him was like, ah, time served. Quack! <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I'm, I'm glad you read into that because, I mean, I saw that as well. But you you fast forward to when he bought Chateau Deef and he, he, he bought it to tear it down. But he ends up not tearing it down. Yeah. So basically, he ends up uh, putting everybody away. He, he, his best friend, he bankrupts him and pisses him off. The guy that convicted him or sent him away to the thing, uh, he ends up getting him arrested uh, through confession in a steam bath, which I also have issues with. But we're going to press on for time. Uh, no, I love I love the scene where he, <laughs> where the uh, the the guy who sends him ends up in the. Uh, in the carriage, the, uh, the carriage yep. that's a jail cell, <laughs> yep. and he, oh, hey, a commodity for a gentleman, you know. Here's a gun yeah. with one shot in it, and as soon as he clicks it, he's like, "You didn't think I was going to let you go that easy?" Yeah, bitch. <laughs> that was that was awesome. I loved that scene. That that scene was great. Yeah. So we we also eventually find out that Henry Cavill, uh, Superman, is the son of Dantes, and the reason that why she married so quickly to the friend was to conceal the pregnancy being Dantes, which I would assume is only because he was a traitor, didn't want to have a traitor's father. On she his, married uh, him. I don't think it was to conceal that. I think it was because at that time she was told he was hung and executed. And she feared. Well, that's why she that liked him she so much because he was hung. She feared she wanted her son to be taken care of. Yeah, because back in those that's days, why she, yeah, yeah, that's that, why she married him. Yeah, I agree with Cowboy what he said because back in those days, um, it was very difficult for a woman to come up and make a living for herself. Especially, usually, what happens is they either live with the family or live with the the the. They live either with the husband's family or they live with their own family and become like a what do they, what do they call it? Uh, <sighs> snow. They have to use that same snow. Dick. <laughs> hey, in Game of Thrones, I did not notice anybody named something something Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was called uh, the uh, old maid or uh, yeah, old maid. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The reason why is because what they would do is if they were not married, married, they would just be caretakers for the family until no one was left. Yeah. So she had to find a way to get something for her, her son that was that was to be born, and she had to be married off that way. Otherwise, she would never been able to support his son, or he, the name of her, 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 and her son would be cast as like. Traitors, sons of traitors, late or yeah. lecher or lecherous or like dirty, whatever else have you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with your perception, Adam, of her in the beginning. But when she comes back and she still has that string around her finger, um, she made her decisions based on her knowledge of Dante's being executed. Right? Had he had she known that he was in Chateau d'If the whole time? And not executed, I don't think she would have made the same decisions. I, I agree with you. However, the issue I have with the string around the finger, Dantes goes through a lot of effort and um, detail-oriented planning to get everything going, to get the to get the house, to invite everybody over. But in, in none of that does he notice the the string around the girl's finger. That's been there the entire time. Not until the very. She end. had a ring. She had a ring on her hand. 
The string from was her marriage. Her. From her marriage, she had a ring on her hand, and the string was underneath the ring. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, not to mention she was he was Edmund Dantes was actually very angry with her, thinking that she had uh, basically betrayed him. Given, yeah, betrayed him. Yeah. So I don't think he was actually looking for that kind of detail. He was actually kind of uh, pushed away from her. Notice as he was he, he was he was bitter. He was pissed off. And I think that's the because issue that I had Because he had his her. beliefs. I, I was also very bitter with her as well. So when she was like, well, look at the shriek on my finger. Like, you could have put that on last night, you bitch. Don't – Dante's <laughs> get away from her. <laughs> and why is it so clean? Right. It's a clean string after 13 years or 16. 16. God dang it. <laughs> I did not want them to get together. I didn't it, want I, – uh, I, it's just my own bitterness <laughs> coming through here, obviously. Um, I knew right away that <laughs> – um, that was his son, by the way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, they, it looks like they could be like father and son in real life. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, just the way he acted in the catacombs where he's like, do your worst. That, that was not the count. Oh, no. That, that was, was Edmund Dantes all yeah, the way. That was not Mondego. So I knew, yeah. I, I, yeah, I knew right then and there that was Edmund Dantes' son. As soon as I saw him, uh, and this is also probably because Annie spoiled it a little bit. She was like, "Monte Crisco, you never see, you never read the book where the girl sleeps with two guys." And then and I was like, "And I was like, stop! I haven't seen the movie. Please stop talking." <laughs> Wait, does your girlfriend not know you? She asked you if you haven't read the book. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I'm gonna we're gonna fight about this later. Uh, <laughs> 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 so anyway, happy ending. Oh no, not okay. The last the last scene. Uh, after he basically he kills Mondego, he gets his revenge on everybody. He then says, "I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to follow through on the promise of the priest and use my powers for good." It's easy to say that now. You've used your powers for evil and got everything you wanted. Now I will use them for good. Ah, but what he said was, <laughs> "Everything that I've used for vengeance from now on will be used for good." But, but, That's what he said. Yes, but he, the priest made him promise to not not seek vengeance, only use what I'm teaching you for good. And he said, I'll do that. And then at the end of it, after he did his vengeance, now I will continue with my promise to you. Well, yeah, it's easier. Exactly. That's a, such a cop-out. He's the count now. He's the count of Monte Cristo now. He's got all this fortune and all this money, you know? Uh, anyways, you just, don't think it'd be easier to do it that way? Yeah, yeah do it this way. He's a count, not a saint. Right. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but come on, think about it. You're put in his shoes, and you find out that the woman that you loved, deeply loved, did what she did, and that's your son, not the count's son. And, okay, you, you. at first he wanted to seek vengeance on everybody, even Mercedes, even that kid. He was going to kill that kid to get to yeah, uh, Dago. Dago. Uh you you have a change of heart when you find out that's your kid. Yep. She's been telling the truth this whole time. You know, the 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 vengeance. Yeah, he seeked his vengeance out on all the people that did him wrong. And Mercedes was just looking out for herself and his son. Right. Which is the reason why it turned from vengeance to justice. Yes. And that's why I feel like Everything he did, even the evil things you think he did, weren't actually evil because 
they were he was just re, re he wasn't doing vengeance where he gets um he didn't get even even he what he did was he fin- he fixed the balance but isn't vengeance justice to the beholder the person no, no. that's seeking vengeance is that not justice to them no no what then why do then why do it because they there's a there's a difference between vengeance and justice. Justice is what he got. He 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 served justice on the people that did him wrong. Vengeance is going above and beyond. In his eyes, he was seeking justice. He wasn't trying to kill these people, which is vengeance. Mm, okay. He wanted justice. I, I disagree. Uh, vengeance to me is righting a wrong. That's what vengeance is. Well, you're that's, mistaken. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, I mistake. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay, so the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, cowboy. Uh, justice is re- re-tipping the balances to being back to what they were supposed to be, equilibrium, basically. Yes. Correct. Uh, correct. Ven- and vengeance is the pendulum swinging the complete opposite way. Yes. Basically going like for instance, after like for instance, if it was vengeance, not only would he had put him in the the guy into prison, he would have done a lot far farther worse. To like let's say for instance, the wife. Yeah. He would have gone towards the wife does done something against the wife because even though she was not part of the the whole thing where he was where anything happened where he she did anything, if it was vengeance, he would have gone after her too because the affiliation. Yeah. Vengeance would have been what Guzman said, just kill them, take your money and live your life. Yes. I can go in there to Perry and I can just kill them and be done. That's vengeance. You just hung yourself by your own rope right now. Justice is making them feel the way you felt. No. Okay. No, now you're flip flopping. Justice is evening the scales. Vengeance. Vengeance would have been kill them. Justice yeah. is yeah. That's what I just different. said. So he was yeah, seeking- kill them, be done with it. Now you got vengeance. You you've destroyed them completely. Oh, shit. Instead of justice, damn it. Uh, they did this to you. Now they're going to get paybacks equivalent. Justice is killing them, no. or justice is not killing them. Vengeance is killing them. Right. Justice is <laughs> getting back and making them feel the way doing to them what they did to you. Yeah, that is justice. I, I, oh. I forgot what side I was on, so I apologize. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mistake again. <laughs> I mistake again. God dang so it. So just just to like make sure we're on the same page, because I'm not sure who's on what page anymore now. Um, justice is like Hammurabi's cope, an eye for an eye. Yep. You do something, the same amount is done to you. Yes. In that sense. That's the justice they're talking about. The vengeance is uh, letting your emotions take a wild ride and go for whatever your mind desires to get what you want. So let's say you want, you want, you want pain and suffering to be done to the guy that put you in prison. Okay, fine. I'll put him in the prison and then I'll torture him until he dies of old age. And then I'm going to take his wife and do the same to her. That's vengeance. Yeah. If, if I was, if I was a uh, Edmund Dantes, I would be hundred percent vengeance for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why he did all what he did in the way he did it. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because everything was justice and like 
what Guzman's character was all for everything he did up till then, even though he knew that it would be a lot quicker to just use vengeance to kill them all. Um, and then remember what happened when he said uh, when, with the wife, because he feels like he's going down that road where he's going to turn into the, the spirit of vengeance itself. Hmm. And that's why I said to save yourself before that happens. Hmm. Yeah. So basically Guzman's character is that fine line and where he, where it does with Dante's, is about to overstep. He's he's the Alfred to uh, precisely Dante's Batman. Yes. Okay. He's he's uh, he's Jiminy Cricket to uh, Dante Spinelli. Yeah. He's. <laughs> I'm gonna keep on going. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's Abed to Troy. Uh, <laughs> he's the stamp to the letter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's. Let's move on. That's what you call a callback. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. At the beginning. Yeah. yeah you see that? It's yeah. your intro. And uh, so that's the show, guys. No. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's finish up. Or, any other thoughts? We could have talked about this more. There's a lot of things. I have a lot uh, more notes I want to go over. This is a movie that, I'll be quite honest with you, this is a movie that uh, if it came on regular TV, I, I would honestly watch. Okay. If, if I was just switching through the channels and this is on, I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah, I'm 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 glad I watched it. Uh this is not one of those usual maestro picks where I'm like, why did you do this to me? Uh <laughs> this is to me this was like a was it a Tucker and Dale versus Evil or Dale and Tucker? I'm in the rough. Yeah, it was one of those like, okay, what's the maestro got for me now? I'm gonna hate this. And then we got Tucker and Dale, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> well done, Maestro. And Kaiman and Christo, I, I I knew it wasn't gonna be that. Uh, and I, I was hoping it was going to be good, and it, it was. It was good. I did enjoy it. Uh, I had a lot of little things to pick at, but it did not detract from the rest of the story for me. It was, it was still kind of this, this, nice. This movie hit really hard because I recently started playing a game on Xbox One. What game is that? Sea of Thieves. Oh, <laughs> and and I loved this movie because I liked the game. And I need to play it more often. I just don't have as much time. But um, I love the whole pirate type old setting. Yep. I liked the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I, but I, I did too. They, they're they're great movies, but they're not as serious. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. This, this was much more serious. More, it, it wasn't it wasn't as lighthearted as the Pirates of the Caribbean. I would love to see a movie like this, more serious pirate type. So if any of y'all out there listening to this and have a recommendation of a pirate movie that's kind of serious and really cool, not like Pirates of the Caribbean, which I love, but fits on the theme of Sea of Thieves. uh, I swear to God. as watching this movie, I had a, such a hankering to play a Sea of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I, I need to get on that boat. I need to get on that boat. <laughs> oh, are you? Can I, I tell you guys this or no? What? The reason why I chose this movie, or at least talked about this movie, was because of Sea of Thieves, <laughs> which Maestro also got us into. We are playing Sea of Thieves because of Maestro, and we watched the movie because of Maestro. Look at you influencing our lives. I finally got <laughs> online for the first time and played online on Xbox because of Maestro and Sea of Thieves. Yeah. It was, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> that was very, but yeah. <laughs> I'm having a blast doing it. <laughs> it was, it was enjoyable. 
Uh, I think we got eaten by a. Um, <laughs> The Kraken uh, or a Mastodon or what was it? Megalodon. Know, Megalodon. Uh, we did some fishing. We did a lot of drinking on the ship because uh, that's how we do. You threw <laughs> up on me. <laughs> it's a fun game. It, uh, I threw up in my bucket and tried to throw it on you, but I missed. Yeah, no, I got you because I'm a gamer, you see. I know how to throw vomit. Also, because yeah, this is a downloadable only game, I believe, but you can get the access code. On Amazon, I think as well. Mm. Amazon, what, yep. y- that's a great site. I've heard good things about Amazon. You can oh, buy all kinds of, of things. Speaking of which, for all our listeners who do play on Xbox One, email us with a with your gamer tag, or Ooh. and yeah, and also your um, choice movie with a review. I like that. By the way, I just found out what a gamer tag is. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I had friend requests. Uh, okay, I bought an Xbox 360 a long time ago. Set up an Xbox Live account. Had no idea what it was. I get an Xbox One finally, and I become friends with Adam and Maestro. And I see other requests <laughs> that oh. have probably been sitting there forever. Yeah. And I get in contact with these people. They don't even play Xbox anymore. <laughs> they went they went the route of PlayStation 4. Uh, okay. Which I'm kind of I, I I'm kind of upset and kind of not that I got an Xbox 1 right now because uh the new Xbox is coming or no, I'm sorry. I I got NASCAR Heat 4. Okay. NASCAR Heat 5 is coming out in like June or July. I think I may have th- Three then. You have four. You no, have you four? have four. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was we can play. Do. We can play. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Try not to worry too much about it, guys, because even if the Xbox what was it was the Xbox X, what's it called? New one? Uh yes. It's it's compatible. It's all compatible. Yeah. He was talking about the a, a new NASCAR game, not the oh, not, a new, not a new platform. Okay. Anyway, uh let's move on to the rest of the game. Uh the rest of the show where we play games. So Let's do the reviews. We're going to do good reviews and bad reviews from the critics and the audience and have you guys guess the score of the critics and the audience. This is based on the Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you who with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten. 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. Let's start with the good reviews for the critics. critics. Critics good reviews. We got Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian. Dumas's classic tale is such a rattling good yarn. There's nothing you can do to derail it as it hurtles down the track. I'm so glad you actually said it with a real correct like like use of the word. Dumas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a Snickers commercial way back in the day? I don't remember. It's pronounced Dumas. Yeah. All right. We got Neil Smith from BBC.com. Reynolds' remake brings nothing new to the table, but is still an enjoyable throwback to the swashbucklers of the old. All right, those are good reviews from the top critics. Let's do bad reviews from the top critics. Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly. There's a thin line between likably old-fashioned and fuddy-duddy. <laughs> and the Count of Monte Cristo never quite settles on either side. <laughs> All right, Roger Moore from Orlando Sentinel. Betrays the author's intent and makes wholesale changes in the well-known plot. All right, so these these are uh, uh, the, fans the last one. The, the the last one that you read yep. 
Um, that's what a lot of movies do to books. Yeah, I think that's what movies only do to books. <laughs> right? Okay, so if, you, if you're a critic and you're going to watch a movie that's based off a book, oh, are you, know you stupid to think you're going to go into that movie and think it's going to be everything that you read in the book? That's that's a very good point. You're reviewing. I the mean, movie, even not even the Game of Thrones was based off a series of books, right? Which I've read three of them. Mm. And the thing is, is even even I loved the TV series Game of Thrones, but characters flip flop versus the book versus the TV show, right? And there's also characters combined into one character. Exactly. So I did not go into the TV show thinking it's going to be exactly like the book, but I enjoyed the TV show just as much as the book. And that's how I think you're supposed to review them. This is based on what you're presenting me, not based on everything else. Yeah. So, anyway. I mean, you can't, you can't do a, a, a critique about a movie based on the book. Yeah. You're, you're, you're critiquing the movie. So you got to put the book aside. You have to. Right. In every every movie that comes from a book, you have to put that book aside because everybody knows that the book is way more detail oriented than a movie. Yeah. So to, it sounds like to me you think the better viewers were uh, Dumas's. Uh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> See, oh, really that's so corny. All right. So what do you think the critics' rating is on Rotten Tomatoes based on those reviews? Tomato. Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Maestro, what do you got? Seventy-five. Oh, tomato meter is seventy-three. Maestro gets it. All right. So the audience reviews again. These are for Rotten Tomatoes. These are good reviews. Are you got to add ten, and then I get it. Oh, yep. Right. Yep. Uh, I'm not doing. That, I think though. you. I, I think you mistake. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your guess no. was mistake. Uh, okay. Here we go. Bad reviews from the audience. These are one-star reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. This is from Brandon P. After reading the book, oh, here we go again. I was extremely disappointed. The movie vaguely follows the actual story, and while I understand that it's not possible to condense the whole book in a few short hours, but they could have done a much better adaptation if they tried. Dick. So so that's an adaptation review, not a movie review. Here's Ahmed M. The first half of the movie shows signs of of a average movie. Oh, Ahmed. It's an average movie. But the rest of the movie feels like an over-infused revenge story. And even then, it was poorly done. All right. Bad reviews with bad grammar and bad notions of what a review is. Here's a good review from Adam K. One of the better adventure movies you will see. One of my personal favorites. The storytelling ability of the director and cast keeps you along for the ride for the whole story. What really stands out to me is the writing. Excellent and nearly flawless. See, that was uh, based on the movie. That- yeah, but I, I I don't look at this movie as an adventure movie in the way of Pirates of the Caribbean. Also true, yes. Adventure. Yep. Uh, I, I see it as a great movie, not adventure. It's a great story is what they're telling us. It's, yes, it's not an adventure. absolutely. Something, yeah. something tells me that reviewer needs to read the book. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a Clark J. 
One of my favorite movies of all time, never a wasted scene. Each one builds perfectly towards the climax at the end, where Edmund vanquishes his betrayer and wins his family. Oh, spoiler alert. Damn it, Clark. <laughs> all right, so those are the good reviews and bad reviews from the audience. What do you think the audience score is based on those reviews? And 79. Oh, all right. 85. Oh. You have to do math? You've got to do math. <laughs> no. I don't have to do math. That, was, that, that, that sound was of, uh, feeling sorry for Cowboy. Audience score is 88. Samishra gets it again. <laughs> See, I went in between right. with the critics and what I said the first time. Yeah. By the way, Maestro. Yes. Uh, I, I let you win both of those. I looked it up. I'm just oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I actually had no idea. Right. I refrained from looking up the guy from Harry Potter that I thought it was because of that reason. Um, yeah. So it was fresh like, amongst the critics and the audience. So good movie. If you it was a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I, I mean, I, I agree with both of their Rotten Tomato scores, except for the critics because they're stupid. Mm. I never agree with the critics most of the time. Yeah, critics. Um, Wait, ninety percent of the time, sixty percent of the time, I don't agree with the critics. 100% of the time, don't you? Uh, uh, exactly. Math is hard. Uh, Paul Giamatti <laughs> and Gary Oldman were not in this movie. We like to ask that Gary Oldman should replace somebody and Paul Giamatti should replace somebody. Where would you put them in this movie to make it better? Ooh. Gary, Gary Oldman needs to be the best friend of Edmond Dantes. Guy Pierce, yes. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I'm on board with that. Guy, I, I like the way Guy Pierce played it. But I would. But I think Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman could can be, do so much better. Yes. Oh yeah. Agreed. And his anger. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Damn. Oh no. He's so he's so versatile that he could do both parts. Yes. He could be the best friend, be conniving at the same time, and it's so believable. Yeah. All right. How about Paul Giamatti? I want to see him as Zorg. Um. Emperor. Yeah. Emmanuel. <laughs> John Baptiste Zorg. <laughs> You know what? Weirdly enough, I think Gary Oldman was Zorg. Hmm. I, know, I, I wanted to. Pull, I wanted him to play as Zorg from. Oh. From- <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think Paul Giamatti would have been great as the uh, the lawyer attorney guy that sentenced him in the first place. Oh, the magistrate. The magistrate. Yes, magistrate. I, I was struggling with the word the entire time, and now you're just saying magistrate. Yep. I I think Paul Giamatti um, should have been the first mate on the original ship. Oh, that's a nice okay. one. Okay, that could work too. That could work. All right, all right, all right. So let's do some trivia now. This is a part where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. Uh, the screenwriter Jay Wolpert came up with the idea, not present, not present in the novel, that Ferdinand or Mondego, and Dante's started out as best friends. His logic was it would be better as a buddy film that turned sinister. That's it? Oh, there's more, That's it? but I'm done. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo is, was one of Mark Twain's favorite books. When Twain toured Europe in 1867, he made a special stop to see the prison, Chateau d'If. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn contains a humorous spoof of Monte Cristo. I did not know that. I haven't read the book in a long time, though. I did read that one, yes. How dare you guys? Uh I see you. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the faces and your restraints. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, the location of Chateau d'If is actually an old castle in Malta. And, and now, by reading, he means the cliff notes. <laughs> I read that one because it was school mandated. I had to. <laughs> so you didn't read it. The teacher read it to you. No, no. Oh. I was given the book and it was like, told to read it at home. Like, and then there was notes. test. See, this is the thing. He says, like, he read it because he read the cliff notes. And when he says he read the cliff notes, he says someone read it to him. <laughs> <laughs> First of they all, didn't have Audible out by then, did they? they no, I, no. I, I did do that for The Hobbit. I had a book report on The Hobbit. That this was later on in life where I did find an application to read me the Cliff Notes. Uh, anyway, moving on. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> that's how much I hate reading and how much I love audiobooks. <laughs> so, uh, Chateau de If it was, uh, it was an old castle in Malta and is now used by the Maltese military as a communications and weather station. Oh, lovely. Guy Pierce, which was the evil ba- best friend guy, he was originally offered the role of Edmond Dantes. Oh, I wouldn't believe it, though. That would have been weird. I would not have believed it. But in Memento, he did a very good job of playing an innocent kind of guy. That would have been a mistake. That would have uh-huh. been. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one. This is the 17th adaptation of the classic tale. Count of Monte Cristo. There's 16 before this that they tried to remake this movie. I have not seen any of them. But it's been a long time. And it's probably mostly in black and white, so I'm, I'm going to pass. I, I kind of I want to watch some of the other ones just to see. All right. Well, let us know later. Compare. We'll watch them. Yeah. I will probably have the parts of the book that uh, you didn't see in the film. Yeah. I will not be watching it, but I, I will uh, listen to your report. I'll read it to you. <laughs> Pass. Right. Sleep. <laughs> Money makes the world go round. This is a part of the show where I give you guys uh, perspective on my chest. Oh, of the film <laughs> in my bed on Groundhog Day. Financially, sleep over and over and over <laughs> <laughs> at six a.m. I hold up to its peers. <laughs> <laughs> the budget for this film: thirty-five million dollars. What do you think the worldwide grosses? How much was that again? Thirty-five million is the budget. What is the worldwide? Sound, sound like Groundhog Day? You're doing it all over again. The budget for this film was thirty-five <laughs> million dollars. Damn, I forgot to do that. The intro. I was going to do the Groundhog Day over again. I, I what for, was the budget again? I forgot. Thirty-five, 35 million dollars. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. Thirty-five million dollars was the budget. What was the total worldwide gross from U.S. and the foreign box office? Let's see here. Uh, Kelby, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, dude, I've been first at 386. Okay. What was the, what was the budget again? 35. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I love you, Maestro. That is great. <laughs> so hard to read. It's very upsetting. Thirty-five million dollars is the budget. Gonna, Last time I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go with eighty. Okay, cowboy. What do you think the budget or the? I said three eighty-six. <laughs> hey, what was the budget again? Three eighty-six. What million or thousands or what? What are you doing? Thirty-five million was the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I am way off, and I don't give a shit. Yep, Cowboy's wrong. Uh, whatever it was, he made a mistake. Uh, the total worldwide gross is seventy five point four million dollars. 
That's a lie. 54.2 You mistake. US, Wait, what was the budget again? This film debuted on January 25th, 2002 <laughs> with $11.4 million. This was the 45th highest grossing film of 2002. 2002. That's uh, when Mason and I graduated high school. Yep. All I have to say is Samsonite. What do you think the highest grossing film of 2002 was? I don't remember 2002. Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. That's a strong choice. You got a different Cowboy? No? Cool. Um, It was in fact Spider-Man. It was (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah? I was right? (laughs) Yeah. Nailed it, man. Damn. I I put the woe in there. Sorry. I was giving women the equal opportunity. Oh, Oh, understood. You're you're very... um, crazy uh that was 2002 <laughs> accounts of monte cristo directed by kevin reynolds check out our website ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at spoilers show check can out you Scott. even count to monte cristo i love the food check out subscribe to our youtube channel <laughs> rat pack productions right to us via email at spoilers at Rat Pack Productions for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Uh, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you can review podcasts. If you review the show and give us a recommendation, that movie will go to the top of our list and watch it before any of the show. And right now, that's very important because we don't know what to pick. We're just picking movies we like now. So give us a recommendation. We would appreciate it. And also, if you guys play Xbox One and see if these. Send in your gamer tag too. Yeah, or any Xbox One game. Uh, send in your gamer tags, and we'll uh, we'll follow back. And, and maybe uh, we'll play together. Who knows? That sounds. I'll weird. play with you. Okay. <laughs> now no, it's definitely weird. Can I swash your buckler? Oh my god! All right, next week. Uh, this was Maestro's pick. Before this was Cowboy's pick. We had Doctor Horrible. No, 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 no. You had Doctor Horrible. That was your. No, uh, that was your pick. No, it's on the yeah, record. Yes, because it's I was just talking about Dr. Horrible singing along, Boggy Dragon. Let's do it. Okay, so I Her picked choice. for Cowboy the same way I picked for Maestro this week. <laughs> but now we're going to do I'll actually watch. one of my picks. <laughs> I will load your cannons. Dude, you did Groundhog Day. Yes. So that's Cowboy's turn. Next week, we're doing 2005s. This is a movie everybody should like. I feel like people haven't seen it as much as they should. It's uh, Iron Man. Son of a bitch. And Batman. I Oh, I, I'm going to be washing my hair that day. I, I don't think I... It's not, the, it. it's not the Batman that you want. In fact, it's the Batman we did not want. It's Val Wait, Kilmer. You're, you're, you're doing Iron Man versus Batman? No, no. Those are the starring characters. Val oh. Kilmer's Batman alongside Iron Man. It's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. This is an amazing movie. But why are we choosing it? Because I love it and I'm forcing everybody to watch it. Oh, okay. So if you do this, remember this. If you do this, mm-hmm. that means me and Cowboy get to choose a movie regardless of what you say. No, 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 no. No, the, the whole thing is we're, we're putting movies out there that. You stole my pick. <laughs> Have you seen this movie before? No. God damn it. This is a great movie. This this is a fantastic movie. Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer together, 
they have re- really good chemistry. It's a it's a fun fun movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And if you do not enjoy it, I am afraid I'm gonna have to replace you on the podcast. I, I, is, I think uh, I'm gonna not enjoy it just to be devil's advocate. You know what's gonna be fun? You what's trying that? to not enjoy it, and then coming back and be like, "I tried, guys, but it's amazing." <laughs> Hmm. I, d- I no, underestimate you. the power of my Schwartz. I defy you to not like this movie. Oh, wait, can, can we move a little bit closer to the screen? Okay. So now that, the, now that Adam chose that one, we got to basically choose one that he really, really hates now, okay? I got you, dude. Don't tell him, but we'll talk okay. while he's not here, and, and we'll figure it out. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay hey. don't, don't tell him, though. Don't uh, tell him, though. Okay. All right, all right. All right, cool. He didn't hear us, right? Okay, cool. I don't think you understand how video conferencing works. <laughs> Just because Dude, you guys we told you to put earmuffs on. You did not say that, first of all. Then you had him Then he had him on before we even said earmuffs. Good. True, Good true, to know. True. Okay, yeah. Until next time, I'm Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your stamp that you want to lick. And I'm your lick that wants to... T- what? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we're done. Yay! Bye! Yay! <laughs> what? What?